not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Welcome back to Leaning Middle. I am Brian. And I'm Eric. And uh, this week we are going to discuss what a lame duck president really does and what is happening uh, during his lame duck time. And also just a few of the other things that are are going on because there are some very unique situations happening right now that uh, we've never really seen play out in the political arena. And uh, it all kind of ties into the to the lame duck presidential time frame here. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll jump into that. How's, how's everything going with you? It's good. It's good. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. We're seeing um, some things that were to be expected in a lame duck session, but I think in usual Trump administration nature, um, the Nothing things are being pushed. <laughs> yeah, things are being pushed to their extremes. We're starting to kind of see how far you can get away with what's normally done in the uh, in the lame duck session. But yeah. some uh, some interesting things definitely kind of drilled down on and start to uh, start to pick apart. Well, and, and I think this this particular cycle, uh, the lame duck session just seems to be a little bit more amplified straight up because of all the unrest and lawsuits and just absolute chaos that, that is, is going uh, around right now, because we still have a president that hasn't conceded the election. We still have a president that that's out there claiming he won, even though we have a, um, a president elect and a vice president elect, and we have states that are confirming especially battleground states that the current president is claiming he has still won, uh, is mm-hmm. claiming that the, the president-elect won, and, and they're verifying those votes. And we have... Yeah, as of um, today, uh, all 50 states in D.C. have certified their results. So have they? it is... Uh, yes, that just happened today. So that's pretty cool. much a wrap in terms of the certification process. Well, it's, you know, we still have a few things going on and, and we're still waiting for for some of these lawsuits to play out. But, uh, you know, it's it's interesting when you listen to people talk and, and you listen to some of these interviews, they're they're kind of going, there's no way he lost. He's still he's going to be our president. He's going to win these lawsuits. And I don't know what the current total is, but I know last count, it was like 31 lost and one one so yep where's the where is the uh surprise win that's gonna pop up exactly you know as of now i think the last total i read was 51 and one uh, i'm sorry one and 51 so the one he did win were uh was a case you know in pennsylvania that involved in philadelphia specifically the poll watchers and where they were standing and basically how it shaped out was they said hey, we want to be, you know, six feet closer. And the judge was kind of like, I don't know, man, can you just let him be six feet closer? And Pennsylvania was like, yeah, that's fine. So that was the one victory that the Trump administration has. But 
Now we've seen every single lawsuit um, get exhausted. And I think the biggest blow was there was a hope that the Supreme Court would take up a lawsuit out of Pennsylvania um, that was uh, put into motion by a legislature in the state, uh, the state legislature for Pennsylvania. And they uh, shot that down nine to one. They agreed not to even look at the case. So they didn't offer a single dissent. And they just said, you know, a single sentence, which was uh, this appeal's been denied, basically. So it was a pretty obvious um, nail in the coffin (laughs) for most for most people. That is, of course, um, you know, we live in a reality now where people think that the court system has the power to undo, you know, several different processes. But there is one last Hail Mary attempt that is being. thrown into the uh into the circuit right now with the supreme court uh coming from the attorney general of texas who is suing michigan wisconsin pennsylvania and georgia to overturn their election results on basically no grounds with no evidence and 17 other states all very deeply republican states like missouri alabama mississippi louisiana florida um States like that have also signed on to that lawsuit, which is being sent to the Supreme Court. But that is um, not not really going to make any progress either, because, again, the one thing all these cases have lacked is evidence. Merit. Yep. So, well, and and uh, from your your uh, alma mater, well, not alma mater, you're still going to school there. But for the Harvard professor came out and spoke against this, did he not? Exactly, exactly. He stepped up and basically said, hey, this really reads more as a press release than it does as an actual lawsuit, which I think that's what we're seeing is um, obviously there's still a block of people out there that believe that what's taking place is has merit to it. Um, I think the reality of most people kind of in the know in the political world and more people are starting to realize kind of the farcical nature of a lot of these lawsuits is none of them really are meant to have any progress in the courts. It just kind of seems like people are seeing who can come out as the president's biggest supporter right now and kind of potentially humiliate themselves the most, you know, in his defense. So we're seeing a lot of jostling from people um, who are either, you know, looking to embolden their base, which might be a big Trump supporting base, uh, or people that might be looking for presidential pardons, or people who are looking to establish themselves as a front runner in the Republican Party moving forward, are all starting to take actions in defense of the president. And a big piece of that right now is doing some sort of, you know, lawsuit against the election, or just kind of standing up and saying that they don't believe in the process. So we're seeing a lot of positioning right now with very little, like you said, legal merit. Yeah. Well, if there's people jostling to make the biggest fool out of themselves to, in, to stay in the good graces of the, the president, they, they've got a lot of work to do to catch up to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, the poor guy, until you really think about he's just getting paid 20 grand a day to, yeah. you know melt yeah. on tv so who's their jokes really on you know <laughs> yeah li- literally but uh so okay let's let's look at this a different way what does yeah. a normal lame duck session look like so that's what i love about you know that question is honestly what we're seeing right now isn't abnormal from the thirty thousand foot view if you don't look at the specifics 
you see a lot of last minute legislation trying to be put into place. You see a lot of pardons taking place. You see medals being awarded to people. Actions that most presidents take this lame duck session to try to really establish their legacy is they, you know, they have these last few months where they know they likely um, won't get a lot of legislation done. Most presidents actually respect the fact that there is a lame duck session, so they actually want to not try to push through any legislation that's really that's a really big deal, um, or that used to be the norm at least. And uh, that's what we normally see is things like that taking place. Things that the Trump administration really is doing across the board too. You know, they're pardoning people. They're getting some last minute bills passed, some appointments are going through and he's awarding medals to people. But <laughs> that's about where all the similarities end once you start looking at the specifics of those processes taking place right now. So here's where my frustration comes in is, uh-huh. um, I think that yes, there are some, some normal tendencies to this lame duck session. Um, Normally, what I I consider is the the president really kind of accepts what's coming, the fate that's coming, and then he works to solidify his legacy and mm-hmm. do the pardons and the medals and everything else. What I see Trump doing right now is, and that is frustrating to me, is he's being more of a divisive figure, which has been par for the course for his whole presidency. But he's, yeah. in my opinion, he's ripping apart the Republican Party that I grew up with and, yeah. and it's really becoming the Trump party because for some odd reason, you don't have any Republicans standing up to him. He's, he's, he's done. He's out of power and nobody still, nobody comes out to talk against him or, or to say, listen, this is done. A few people have, but, but not yeah. the, the majority of it, but he's ripping apart the the foundation of the republican party and and i have a hard time just standing by and going well you know he'll be gone in 40 something days well i'd have a lot easier time doing that what you just said if we didn't see people like you know somebody like ted cruz just said he would try he would you know put the case he would try the case against the supreme court if they were to accept it which is it's just like you see it and you're like, man, you know, it's one thing to understand the president's gone a little cuckoo bananas, but to see relatively respected members of the Republican Party now just showing their butts. It's just like, yeah. oof. it's it, it's insane. And, you know, the the frustrating part for me is is I still believe in those those Republican founding um pillars of of mindset of beliefs and and morals and values and everything else but i can't stand by a a president who is literally not talking about the largest issue that he will be graded upon in his legacy and what's Mm -hmm. funny to me is somebody who is so narcissistic and so uh ego driven is not paying attention to what the ultimate legacy is going to be when he leaves. He he is completely burning any type of, in my opinion, any type of legacy that, that he had built up. The peace, he's not going to be remembered for the peace agreements in the Middle East. He's not going to be remembered for a lot of these things. He's going to be remembered for, um, you know, suing the government and, and all of his actions during his lame duck and leading up to the lame duck session. And to me, that's sad. 
It it really is because if you, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised though. At the same time, this administration has never been solid when it comes to long term planning. Um, you know, it, it's coming from somebody you know in recovery. It's funny to watch the administration do you know, basically the thing that a drug addict does, which is like seek that instant gratification. You know, Mm -hmm. they really didn't care how the stock market might perform in six months, but they knew that, you know, throwing a bunch of money into it would fix it for the time being, which, you know, Trump wanted to be able to tweet that the stock market was recovering. They didn't really think long term about the coronavirus. You know, we're starting to see even the vaccine rollout plans be really broken. We, you know, specifically with their the administration decided not to order more doses of the Pfizer vaccine in the summer. Yeah, so, I could not you understand know, that one. Things are happening where you're just like, oh, OK, these guys really didn't look past, you know, OK, how can we look good in this moment and how can we pass this buck? continually you know which is funny because they continually say that the buck was passed to them from previous administrations when in reality you know the obama administration left a pandemic playbook that they chose not to follow and it's just it's scary you know because you're just seeing hypocritical actions taking place but you're also now just really realizing the ineptitude of the administration when it comes to any long-term planning if they can't even realize you know we're going to be graded mainly um on how we handle this pandemic you know that's the biggest thing that needs to be addressed in the lame duck session and ultimately the president won't even take questions because he can't he can't even allow himself to realize that he needs to move on from this if he wants to be remembered as a winner in history. You know, yeah, he can very and- easily still have that, but he's making himself be more and more and more of a loser on history books by not just accepting the reality. Well, and, and the problem for him is adoration is his drug. Like yes. he cannot accept that somebody or, or that the majority of the country liked someone more than him. And what he has done with this administration and, and I, you know, it, it's sad, but I didn't see it until, till recently as, as things came out, which is what he's done with his whole administration is a, a shell game, just like he's done with his business his whole yeah. life and moving loans around and, and pushing things to the next one and hiding things and, and Hey, look at my left hand, not my right hand and, and everything else. And they've done the same, same thing here. So if you look at, his behavior as a businessman, we shouldn't be too surprised with the chaotic nature of his administration. So, but, you know, I, I think that during a lame duck session, there's a a split uh, attention. And I think this is part of what's driving him insane as well as he owned the news cycles for four years. And he, he was the focal point for a lot of things for four years. And now President-elect Biden and President or Vice President-elect Harris are taking probably three quarters of, of that news cycle because yeah. they're, they're announcing cabinet members. They're, they're moving forward. And it's got to really frustrate him that he hasn't even conceded yet. He still believes he won. Mm-hmm. And, and the news cycles and everybody else are running with, with this. People are paying more attention to, to what's coming down the pipe than what's in the pipe right now. And I think that causes 
him to lose a little bit of focus and, and lose a little bit of uh, um, sanity over this mm-hmm. and create some of the issues that, that he's creating for himself. But that's the problem is he has created, he's almost like um, a, a, a certain type of person who has to create drama for them to be a victim of drama or, yes. or um, for them to overcome drama. And I really feel like that's, that's kind of where we are right now, because I mean, he's already done a couple of pardons that are, are somewhat questionable, but the, really when you talk about Trump right now, the focus is on his ridiculous lawsuits that, that aren't going anywhere. And that's really becoming more of a com- comedic side story than, than anything else. But what people are waiting for is these pardons that are going to come down. And that's what I think is interesting with the lawsuits and what you just said is I think y- you nailed it, which is he's doing the, Oh, look over here, look over at this hand while he does something insidious with the other hand. And that's what I think the lawsuits really are at this point is yeah. there's a lot of crazy crap happening in the legal system to where I kind of, you know, I enjoyed the, sh- uh, however you say that term, the schnadenfreude, you know, taking enjoyment in other people's displeasure with watching Rudy Giuliani just act like he's a, you know, an extra on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But at the same time, it just, it, I, I realized, I'm like, man, you know, they, they know for a fact these are all stupid. Like, they all know it's yeah. stupid. And then seeing what was happening with the pardons behind the scenes, that's where I'm starting to get worried that we're going to start to see some sort of pardon thing take place where he's going to try to pardon himself. He's going to definitely pardon his family. There's even talk, you know, of a slim chance of him stepping down to get pardoned by Pence the day before the inauguration. There's a lot of legal maneuvering taking place in order to shield Trump um, after he leaves office from being federally investigated. And that is just worrisome because, again, you know, I think what the Republican Party sometimes forgets and especially forgot this year is the idea of precedent and legal precedent. So in terms of, you know, letting Trump get away with what happened with the Ukraine and the quid pro quo and not impeaching him, they have set a legal precedent of now allowing any other president to do that and it not being an issue, which is crappy. So the same thing could happen with these pardons, which is if they allow him to pardon himself, okay, then they basically just broke the government because now any president has total immunity you know they can pardon themselves of any crime and they can do whatever they want and pardon themselves immediately so it it creates this chaos of saying like man you know they're really trying to do something to the point that the president would have the power of a dictator and no way to be prosecuted from it so it it, that's what's worrying me right now is yeah you know the lawsuits are fun but there's something happening that the lawsuits are covering for yeah, I, I mean, I think you're you're right, and and I know this would make for a better podcast if we argued more. Um, but the you I get think to a certain right. point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing <laughs> to argue about this. He's, he's exactly. You know, but um, what I'm I'm looking at here is, in my opinion, we will never have a normal election cycle again. Like he has really opened the door to all of these lawsuits and all of these different things. It's it, it will we will never have a normal 
election presidential election cycle with with the states announcing and all that stuff it it, it will take weeks before we know who actually won if not months for, or a month yeah. from from now on because he has set the precedent that this is the way that it's going to go from from now on and and this is why i say uh, you know, and while you were talking just a minute ago, an analogy popped in my mind that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's not cool, but it, it, it's <laughs> a different way of looking at it. What I see from Trump right now is he was that bully in the the playground that really just kind of pushed everybody around, got what he wanted all the time, didn't really care, made fun of everything um, and all that stuff. Well, now recess is over. And he's about to have to go into PE with older kids. And there's a bully in there about to pummel him. And all of a sudden it's getting real serious for him. And all of a sudden he, you know, that's like the uh, New York uh, uh, attorney general is just circling. Well, she just basically a leak came out today that she has 67 indictments ready to be unsealed on January 21st. So, see, I mean, he's all of a sudden he's that kid that it was all fun and games and it wasn't going to happen to him. And then now all of a sudden it's becoming real because it's about to happen to him and he's going to be powerless against it. And so I think what he's doing right now is completely throwing anybody and everybody else under the bus just to stay outside just a little bit longer. And that's really the only hope he has is there's no... Even with pardons, there's no legal shield from state prosecution. There's a really, really good chance that he's going to end up having to serve time. You know, whether that ends up just being a house arrest or something along those lines. But, you know, the uh, the state, the district attorney of New York and, uh, you know, is not... (laughs) It's not an office you want to be messing with, you know, they have the experience with white collar crime when it comes to Manhattan and everything else. And they would not, you know, Letitia Jones is is, is a very intelligent, accomplished woman, and she would not be playing a hand that wasn't, you know, this publicly if she didn't have some serious irons in the fire. So it is. It's just kind of like this weird drowning effect that, you know, you're watching him fade into obscurity and towards prosecution, but it still has enormous ripples for the rest of the country. That's like, yeah. you know, waiting on stimulus, waiting on some guidance with vaccines, waiting on um, just, you know, the ability to some people are waiting on the ability to move on. You know, some people truly do believe in this president wholeheartedly and take him at his word. And they're, you know, he's screwing up thousands of lives. Like just, well, it seems silly, but imagine the amount of holiday dinners, you know, in, over Thanksgiving and now over the uh, the December holiday season where people will not be able to talk to, you know, relatives sanely because they're going to be ranting about the president losing and this being stolen because they did the simple task of doing what they should as an American, which is believe the president, you know, and it's yeah. just sad. Well, and, and here's what's what's kind of the underlying problem with, with all of this as well is he's really showing his true colors that it's not about America. Make America great is a great um, slogan and marketing tool that he put on a hat and it happened to take off. He's like, I've said before, he is one of the greatest marketers that I've ever, ever laid eyes on or, or heard speak. He knows how to market, but he is not putting America first. He isn't. 
No, and I mean, the analogy is perfect that those hats are produced in China, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think that, you know, he is making a mockery out of the political party in which I support or, or, or have supported to this point. And it's going to just destroy that whole party when when he moves on. Now, there's rumors that he's going to fly out during the inauguration fly down to Mar-a-Lago and announce and have a huge rally down there and announce his 2024 presidency run. And if he does that to me, that's the final nail in the coffin splitting the Republican party. Uh Uh-huh. Because it immediately screws the entire party structure because then they're forced to just say like, Oh crap. Well, (laughs) there's 2024. Well, and, and, you and I, I mean, when we were talking about the um, the conventions, you used this word to describe the Democratic convention. And I think it applies now. You said the Democratic convention was a missed opportunity. And yes. I think that right now, Trump is missing his opportunity to actually make his lame duck session something of validity. And, and to work something- for him. Exactly. And, and to, to change this, but he is not, what was it? Um, four or five days with no press conferences afterwards where yeah. he, he instructed white house officials that they could not talk to the media. I know. And it's, it's funny, you know, you want to, you want to attack people like uh, his press secretary who, I mean, you know, regardless of your stance on their ethics and morals, it's like their job is to just say what the president tells them to say, you know? Right. I like how reporters are looking at Kaylee McEnany and are being like, tell us the truth. And I'm like, I mean, she, that's not her job. You know, she can't. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> she yeah, can't. exactly. And even if she, even if she wanted to, clearly she has no problem doing it, but it's exactly, she can't. And it's like to but, do that and to muzzle like, what is you know the press pool the presidential press pool is incredibly important they're the direct line (coughs) american citizens have to the president is that press pool that dedicate their life their holidays not 24 7 monitoring the president because they are what keeps democracy in the light and out of the dark and for him to cut that sever it for five days is unheard of yeah. Well, and, and let's call it what it is. A, a press secretary is a human shield. Exactly. And and that she's doing her job the way that she's supposed to. Now, it's obviously flawed opinions and, and direction, but she doesn't yes. have a choice. But, you know, what, what I see here is there's millions and millions of people starving right now and, mm-hmm. and fearful of where their next meal is going to come from or how are they going to pay rent or are they even going to survive or, um, you know, their parents who they can't go and see are suffering in the hospital. Like he's not even acknowledging that the, this is going on. Instead, he's trying to get a vaccine named after him. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, he doesn't have, as my wife has put it, he does not have the ability to demonstrate empathy. Yes. And... That's what it comes down to. It's just there's a there's a disconnect between putting anybody instead of himself first, and yeah, that's and that's what confuses me with 
his base and support. Yeah. And, and for him to, to miss out on this opportunity to, to be proactive, even to try and pick up the, the, the pieces of what they fumbled uh, earlier in the year with, with this pandemic, he, he doesn't even seem to be an effort to try to address or, um, or uh, overcome concerns or uh, even change directions or, or anything. It, it's a missed opportunity. And, and unfortunately, I think that is going to be what, what this president's going to go down as, is, um, you know, the, a failure of, of missed opportunities. Exactly. He very well could have made this lame duck session work for him as and establish himself as the leader of the Republican Party. But what he's done is establish himself as the convincing but crazy uncle of the Republican Party. You know, he could have taken this like a man, worked to do the things that would have helped secure the Republican legacy moving forward, i.e., Focus on those Georgia Senate races, focus on legislation and appointments, you know, do the things that need to be done. Fund the freaking military and stop worrying about what social media can and can't do, you know, things like that. And just buckling down and being the leader that's needed to keep the Republican Party moving forward. That would have made it a lot easier for him to hop on a jet and go have a little party when Joe Biden is inaugurated. But now all he's done is ignore everything, not done any of the responsibilities that would have set the party up for success in a hostile two years at least. But he's just said, no, this is all about me, yada, yada, yada. I didn't lose. I'm coming back in 2024, and I'm basically just not going to stop doing what I've been doing for the last four years, which is not govern and tweet a lot. So. You're just like, oh, geez, Louise, you know, the Republican Party's at a reckoning, which we already know what they've decided. They're all falling in line. They're I don't all deciding. It. Yeah, but they're saying basically like, oh, OK, this is what Donald decided. So we're ready. You know, yep. they're ready again right. for 2024. OK, so prediction time. There's 40 something days left. Right. 40 something days. Yes. Okay. Maybe less. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in the forties. Um, what is your prediction for the next 40 days? 40 ish days. Um, Supreme court decides not to take the, um, the lawsuit that's put up by Texas. You just, they don't even cite a reason. They don't even give dissent. They just shoot it down because it has no merit. Trump, um, really, really, freaks out a little bit he pardons giuliani he pardons um the attorney general of texas he pardons roger stone uh but no he already did that he pardons i'm sorry um who was the last person manafort and uh his entire family Mike Pence, he attempts to pardon himself. That leads to a issue with Congress that basically they don't want to deal with it. And it gets funneled down to the Justice Department of the Biden administration to see if it's even valid. My prediction isn't that he shows up and announces 2024. My prediction is that he actually leaves the country um, before Biden becomes president. I think he gets on Air Force One and takes it to Europe. You think so? It is the only thing that will protect him from prosecution for sure. And I, 
I just I see him trying to pardon himself failing and him saying, all right, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. So my prediction is is this. It's it's really close to what yours is. I think uh, you're going to see radio silence. Um, he's not going to address any major issues, including the pandemic, uh, unless it's an opportunity for him to take credit for for something. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to lay into the pardons. Uh, I think that he's already given up on the lawsuits and now the lawsuits are, are issues trying to buy him some time. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see how he could possibly believe that these lawsuits are going to overturn that many situations. If 50 of them have already been declined or, or denied. Mm-hmm. So I think what he's doing now is he is, those are, are going to, to do the whole, pay attention to my left hand while he's really plotting and in, in the, the right hand who he needs to pardon. He's going to pardon people who are going to help him, who are yep. going to cover for him. He's, I see him pardoning Steve Bannon. I see him pardoning mm. uh, stone. Uh, I see him pardoning Giuliani. Uh, yep. I see him pardoning a, a couple of other people that are going to provide one of two things for him, either cover or um, will um, step in front of a, a bullet for him, uh, being yeah. a legal bullet, okay? I think he has one of two, two things that will play out here. He will either, uh, like you said, get out of town and get to a country that does not extradite, or, which may be over there with his best friend, Putin. I don't know. Yep. Um, or, you would think France would probably be his first attempt, but then again, they're not really happy with Macron right now that might push them over the edge nobody nobody yeah. riots like France does <laughs> that's true well but if we Russia, rioted like France we would have had socialized health care in like 1972 yeah well if he wants to keep Melania which I think she's already planning on leaving and she's already working with the White House to move their stuff and put stuff in storage so she knows yeah. what's on what's going on but um Russia would make sense because that would get her closer to, to everything. But her yeah. family stays at Mar-a-Lago all the time. So I don't I don't know exactly. about that. Her dad and mom. But the other thing that I see happening, and this is where Steve Bannon and, and some of these other cohorts would really come into play, would be he is going to fracture the Republican Party and he will start his own party. Yeah. I, I can see that. And I think you brought up a really good point too, with all the pardons that he will duel out is it'll be, I, I bet you they're looking at a legal way to where if he pardons the right people federally, they can then shield him from state prosecution through the structure. You know, he can kind of pass the buck on these investigations and say, Oh no, that was my personal attorney or, you know, that was my son, but they're shielded at some level from a pardon that he gave, you know, there's probably some legal maneuvering that they're pulling off. I, I think, I think he will run if he faces jail time, but I think your scenario is much more likely to happen than him jumping on a plane to a non-extradition country. That's that quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll, we will see. We got 40 days left in this lame duck session. And, uh, if, if we know one thing, it is not to expect the expected. It's to expect the unexpected. With this so. administration, the, uh, the abnormal is normal. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everybody. Uh, if Definitely, if you like what you heard, then listen to 
um, or, or list us on, on your, uh, gosh, I can't even talk now. Um, like us <laughs> on your podcast or uh, platform of your choice and uh, go find us on social media. Yeah, exactly. We're going to start, we're going to be tweeting a lot more, giving a lot more commentary on that. So follow us. um, That's at leaning underscore middle. And uh, we will talk to y'all on the next episode.